Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Open your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 6. You may be seated. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. You start coming. You start singing those overcoming songs. You start singing those songs about getting up and getting over. You start singing those comeback songs. And I just lose it. I just lose my mind. Hallelujah. And let my spirit loose, man. It's, it's crazy what God will do with a believer. Someone who will trust in, rely on, and believe in him. There is nothing impossible for the men and women of God. God's already spoken to you about being an overcomer. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, nothing will by any means harm you. You will cast out demons in my name. You will lay hands on the, man, sign me up. Woo! Shut up, I can't shut God, Lord, really. Listen to me, because you miss half the sermon if you miss worship. You know, when Pastor Alex and the team start talking about we shall overcome, that's a prophetic word. Man, I'm like, no, we shall over. I will overcome. You're going to overcome. We're going to overcome. In other words, we're going to get there. We may not be there yet, but we're going to get there. Regardless of what laws they pass, regardless of what happened to us yesterday, we are going to get there. We are going to, we shall overcome. Whoa. Y'all, don't get me started. Woo-wee. When I start thinking about where I came from, what the Lord has done for me, I can't hardly contain myself. And you be like, oh, oh, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can attain, I don't know if I, you shall. That's not man talking to you. That's God, can I get past what happened to me in the past? You shall. What about what they did to me? What about they said about me? What, what about what I did? What about what I said? You shall. If you only believe. Good Lord. Shanda Rabashi. I love the No weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
prosper in all that rise against you. Boom. Y'all better rise against somebody else. But don't mess with a child of God. Don't you ever tell a child of God that it's over. You've lost. You're down. If you're going to put your money on anything, put your money on a man or woman of God. Hallelujah. Because even though it looks like they're... They put Nazareth in the, in the, in the tomb. Like, Lord, he's stinking. It looked like it was over. It looked like you don't get no more over than that. That's like, whoa. Jesus, like, roll a stone away. Take the grave clothes off. Oh, my goodness. You can't discount a person of faith. Somebody who has the seed of faith in them has possibilities beyond human comprehension. I've, I've seen God do some, do some crazy stuff. I've seen, I've seen a, a, a man and a woman who was divorced. She married somebody else. He married somebody else. Oh, none of that mess worked out. They came back together, got married again. I don't care how stuff is jacked up. When you put your trust in God, he is going to work it together. Oh, every last thing that has happened to you, if you will trust him, he will work it together for your good. Okay, okay, I'm a little excited. But it bothers me sometimes when I see people that ain't excited. When there's so much to get excited about. I see people rolling here, limping here. And I just look and I say, oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. Today may be your day, you know, because you can, you can, you can roll and, and limp and, and, and go someplace else. You can go to the bar. You can go to the hospital. You can go to 1-800-PSYCHIC-HOTLINE. But you are in the temple of the Most High God. And there's nothing, no situation no circumstance, nothing too hard for the Lord. Oh, I can't tell you how many people I've prayed for. My husband, my husband, my husband, if, 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 if. And to see that man sitting in church. He hasn't been to church in 75 and a half years, but there, bam, because somebody would trust God. My son, my daughter, oh, oh, oh. And to watch those people walk in the back of the church. I'm telling you that his hand is not short. They can't go anywhere where he can't find them. There is nothing too hard for, I don't care what they said. It's what God said. We shall overcome.
overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone overcome. Every single last one of us. Woo! Well, that's just an opening prelude to, I don't know. We're going to go where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to do tonight. Open your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. I'm going to talk to you about potential tonight. I don't know where, exactly where we're going, but I know what God wants me to do tonight. He wants to unlock some stuff in our lives that have been locked up by circumstance, by situation, by ourselves and by other people, by whatever means they got locked up. Locked up, he wants to unlock them. Whew, are you there in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 1? Can we all stand for the reading of God's word? I'm going to start in verse 1. Hang out with me. I'm going to read till I get tired. Honey, you can't have too much of the word. It says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also, Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and with their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel, of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I bought you up out of Egypt and bought you out. Wow. And brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave you their land. I also, also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my, my voice. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path to reveal your will for our lives today and every day of our lives. May we walk so much in it that we are changed, transformed into the people that you created us to be. 
just like your son, Christ Jesus, in every way possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Wow. This is amazing to me. Uh, people can be oppressed, a whole people. It kind of puts me in the mind of the church today. <laughs> There's people just pressing on us on every side. Just trying to change everything. And they think they can pass laws and run around and get all giddy and hop along in the streets and go, yay, like God died or something. Like God still doesn't have the power. See, that's who we hang out with. We have a powerful God. Everybody say power. No, 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 no. Say it like you mean it. Power. That's right. Because power is the ability to change things. God has all power. That means there is nothing that he can't change. He has all power. If it's sick, he can heal it. If it's lost, he can find it. Okay. If it doesn't exist, he can create it. He's got all power. And there's no power greater than his power. And throughout history, people have come up against God. Come up against the living God. And they found out that God's not dead. That's why we call him the living God. Because you mess with him. You mess with the horns, you get the whole bull. I'm just saying. People have tried to mess with him throughout history. God's still here. They're gone. Oh, we don't need God. Poof. You know, whatever. You know, God is merciful. He's kind. But nobody's ever want to fight against him. They have wrestled with him. They have argued with him. They've argued against him. But they've never won. What makes you think they're going to win now? What makes you think that God is going to put up with the shenanigans? He is not always going to blink. He's not always going to say, Gabriel, just leave it alone. He said, Michael, sit, sit back down, Mike. See, one day he ain't going to stop Mike. He's going to just, and Mike goes, what? And Mike is one bad archangel. Ask Satan. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to point out some things that it will cause us to go from where we're at to reaching our potential. And I used a man named Gideon who was a judge in Israel. Okay, that is a person that is, that is respectful, respected so much that his counsel is law. What he says goes, and that's it. What happened was is the Midianites came up to oppress the Israelites, the children of God. And because they sinned, God allowed the enemy to overrun them. Now, come... Conversely, it would be true if they did not sin against God. He would not let the enemy overrun them. A lot of people are blaming the condition of this country on a president, on a political party, you know, on, on their mamas and they fall. You know what I'm saying? We just got, we got a blame game going on. When what we need to do is look in the mirror. 
If something is wrong, if something is not right, it's because we've allowed it. And when we allow things to happen to us that cause us to be oppressed and, and uh, beat up and held in slavery, there's only one way to get out. We got to allow God to come and awake the fighter in us, and we got to get up and fight. We got to allow God to empower us to counteract what was done to us through might. Now, the Bible clearly states it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not our might, it's his might through us. But leave no doubt, we can't sit here in our pews and fold our hands and, and, and pray till we blue in the face and do absolutely nothing. We have got to get up and fight. We have got to get up and proclaim what God has told us to proclaim and do what God has told us to do. We have to turn it around. And I believe, regardless of all the end time, um, what do you call that, uh, Armageddon apocalypse people out there, God's got an army that's not afraid to fight. What, what Carmen said was, God's got an army not afraid to fight. Um, warriors of righteousness with healing in their hands. God's got an army marching through the land. We got to raise up. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to fight. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, you know, God's not in the war. People have taught us, you know, that God, we don't participate in wars because, you know, God loves all people. You know, the first war that ever broke out, broke out in heaven. <laughs> God <laughs> if they fight in heaven, what do you think we got to do down here if we want to keep our stuff? Now, they fought and they kicked the devil out. And they expect us to fight and kick the devil out. Because the same power that kicked him out the first time is the same power that's resident and alive in us to kick him out. He found no place in heaven. He should find no place on the earth. We got to fight. We're not just going to lay down and we're not just going to go, ah. we're not going to sing songs, okay, and expect that just God will just go out there and massage Mr. Obama or any other politician out there and stuff. When we get up, when we stand up and we open our mouths and speak, things are going to change. They cannot stay the same. Because a spirit-empowered man or woman of God represents God on the earth. God will speak or say nothing. He's not talking to heathens. He's going to find somebody through whom he can operate his spirit through to do great and mighty things. To overcome oppression and oppressors. People that are, are, are rise up and say enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not going through this anymore. And stuff. God, when their people of Midian cried out to God, God sent them a prophet. He said, first of all, let me tell you why you're in this mess. You're in this mess because you sinned against me and you fell away. You stopped praying. You, you stopped believing. You, you, you stopped enforcing right and you just let people do wrong, and you didn't say nothing. 
Let me tell you, what starts about the little boy across the street when we let him cuss out his mama. Instead of going over there and say, boy, let me tell you something. You better stop cussing at your mama. You're going to have more to deal with than her. You're going to have to deal with me. And, and mama, you better stop letting him cuss at you. If you want me to hold him down for you, I will. We'll beat him up together. When I grew up, man, if I did something on the corner, I guarantee you, by the time I got to my house down the other end of the street, my mama then got three, four phone calls about what I was doing. And she was like, what? So I come home, my mother be like, I said, oh, Jesus, you know, you know, I wasn't a very religious child, but I just prayed to God when I saw my mother get that look on her face because she already knows. And the only thing I could do was throw myself on the mercy of the judge. And, you know, Mama, I'm so, Mama, I love you so much. Mama, you're so fair and kind and, and just. And I know I should, you want me to go get the belt, Mama? I'm just like, you know, I, you know, I won't do it again. I was lying, but. But when we come to God and we cry out to a merciful God, he hears us. He starts working things together for our good. When we start repenting, when we start turning around, when we start praying in earnest and say, God, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do, God starts turning things around to us. He will send us his word. He will say, okay, I'm going to raise up somebody. And he always raises up somebody. He'll raise up somebody that don't nobody ever know was raised up about. You know, Gideon was like, I'm the least of my family. I'm the, I'm the. You ever felt like that? God's trying to get you out. He cannot leave you where you're at. You're not going to be happy in a hole nobody ever is. You cannot be happy in a cave. Oh, man, I got my, my stove in my cake. No. <laughs> you know you ain't supposed to be in there. You know you ain't supposed to be in darkness. Listen to me. I knew I wasn't supposed to be in a bar. God didn't have to tell me that. I'm sitting in a bar bored to death. I was in disco. Everybody's, this, 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 Bored to death. I'm like, this ain't it. I'm taking, I'm, you know, I'm taking all kind of drugs and all kind of medication. And I'm like, this ain't working. This is, this is not it. I, I don't care how expensive it was. It wasn't it. I'm going like, this ain't it. And, and by a miracle of God, God orchestrated a way for me to step into a church. And I'm telling you, from the time I stepped in that church to this day, I've never been the same. Just like, ah! <laughs> I'm just bam, I'm just like, oh, it should have never crossed that line. You know what I'm saying? But when I, once I stepped in there and that man spoke to me, everything was different. Everything was changed. And then I couldn't stand for things to be the same anymore. I couldn't stand me. I like, okay, I got to get out of this mess. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And God would tell me to do stuff, man, that made me so happy and filled me full of joy. Got me a wife, man. That I don't deserve. That I never could have earned, but because he's a good God. Whew. I got some kids. 
and some grandkids. All five of my grandkids is in church tonight. Hallelujah. In church with me. <laughs> God's trying to save you. And you think you're going to say the sinner's prayer and go accept Jesus your Lord and Savior. We say you're saved. You're on the way to heaven. That's true. But God's trying to save your mind and your body. He's trying to save all of you. He doesn't want to leave none of it behind. So he's trying to transform you. Okay. Verse number 14. Judges chapter 6, verse number 14. It says this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in, the might, in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Do you know the word save in the Hebrew is the word yasha? Y-A-S-H-A. It means to rescue, to save, to defend, to free, to preserve, to avenge, to deliver, to help. The verb is found over 200 times in the Old Testament. It is the one word that is the description of God's response to the need of humanity. In other words, he saw a man and he said, you need to be saved. It is equivalent to the Greek word found in Matthew chapter 121. It says, and she will bring forth a son and, he, and, she, and shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. In the, original, in the original thought, Yasha was meant to release or to open wide. I love this. It says, our deliverer is the one who opens wide the gates of captivity. The root of the word Yasha is a root word from which we derive the word Yeshua, which is the name translated in the Greek, Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. God's point is, is to get his people saved, to rescue his people. Now, I like this part, that he will deliver his people from his oppressors. Earlier when I was reading about Gideon, it talked about the people, I, I delivered you from the land of bondage. What is bondage? It's slavery. He says, man, I set you free from slavery once. When you were slaves in Egypt, I set you free. And now that you're slaves to the Midianites, I will set you free. I'm sending somebody to save you. I'm sending somebody to help you. I'm sending somebody into your hole, into your cave, into your den, into your world, into your comfort zone to turn on the light. Bam! Oh! The Midianites, when you read this, I would have thought that the Midianites was killing Israelites left and right. But nowhere in this chapter does it say anything about anybody being killed. 
it talks totally about them being oppressed. It talks totally about the Midianites coming and taking their stuff. Wait until they get their stuff and then take it. Wait until they get their stuff and then take it. Wait until they get their stuff and take it. Ain't you tired of the same old cycle of you get up and you get stuff and then somebody around comes out and pulls the rug out from under you and takes your stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm done with having my stuff stolen. I'm done Amen. with the oppression, depression, undelivered state where I just got to sit there and take it and take it and take it or have it taken from me. I'm done with that. That is some seriously weak Christianity. That is some seriously weak faith in a very strong, powerful, mighty God. Okay. Maybe you just think you're exclusive. Maybe you think you're the only person that bad stuff has ever happened to. Maybe you just think you're the only person that has ever lost anything. Maybe you think you're the only person that has ever been imprisoned, ever been addicted, ever been depressed. Ever been, you may think you're the only one that's ever been suicidal. This, oh, I'm the lowest thing ever. There's always somebody that has a worse story than yours. Let me tell you the good news about them, this, though. No matter what your story is, God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal you. God wants to save you. I was at one church for 13 years. Me and the pastor was like this. And all of a sudden, God drove a wedge between me and that man. Now, I didn't know it was God then. I thought it was him. He probably thought it was me. But I'm telling you, it was like he was speaking German and I was speaking French and we didn't understand each other. And it was like, you know, I can't communicate. This guy raised me up from a pup. This guy taught me the word of God. He taught me how to pray. He taught me how to read. He taught me how to preach. Okay? But God drove a wedge between us, man. God did that. I was so broke. I was so hurt. My story is so sad. I was so dependent on him. You know, and I like to have the rug pulled out from me and I was left all alone. I'm crying. I'm hurting. I stepped in the back of King's Chapel and God spoke to me. Just as clear as I'm speaking to you right now. I just said, be healed. And I went, no, <laughs> no, no, be healed. No, I want my pity party. I want to call everybody and I want to tell everybody my sad story. I just don't want to walk in church and just be instantly healed. Then it give me three or four years to cry to moan, becoming one of those complainers, I'm one of those people. Let me dig my cave and get in it and enjoy my cave. And he was like, boom, shine the light, be healed, get up, get out. Let's move. Misery loves company. So I'm here tonight to tell you you cannot stay in your cave. You cannot stay in your den. God is coming with his prophetic word. He's coming with the light of the gospel. Some lowly KC person is coming up with a little fire knocking on your door at 9 a.m. in the morning. Hi, I'm from KC. I kind of cut on the light and get you out of your cave. Hey! Now watch this. Gideon, when he agreed to cave out, out 
of his little threshing thing, out of his little den, out of his little hiding place, God empowered him to take the enemy out. I want you to know that you don't just come out. Hallelujah, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and what was whooping on you the day before, now you get the whoop back on. God don't raise up somebody else to beat up your devil. He empowers you to grab that scrawny little thing by the neck and yoke it hitherto and said, this far have you come, Satan. No further shall you go in the mighty name of Jesus. Get out of here. Jesus, sign me up for your army. Jesus, sign me up on your team. Nobody nobody offered me power before. Nobody ever said that I could beat up what used to beat me up. That I become strong, and then I can raise up mighty warriors too. See, I got five grandbabies in church, baby. They ain't going to grow up like I grew up. They ain't growing up in no cave. They ain't growing up in a den, nor will they crawl into one and ever be happy. Everybody had a little down moment. But they're not going to be able to sleep there. Like, no, not in the cave. I got to get out. I'm not made for the cave. I got to get to the palace. Yeah. Ah. I don't know how the devil been messing with you. I don't know what lies. That, oh, you're never going to be happy again. You keep, you keep repeating what the devil says, and that's exactly what you're going to get. Remember that the, the tongue. If you know what happens... Now, you see what happens if you start repeating what the devil says. What do you start repeating what God says? Oh, smack. Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Hold up. What if I start speaking power? And we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Overcome. Everyone, hey, wait a minute. Now I get to call those things that are not as though they were. I have to deal with where I'm, where I'm, where I'm from. You get your thing, I got my thing. Father, uh, touch my kids right now, Lord. Touch them in whatever state they're in. Shine the light of the gospel. Call them right now, out of darkness, into your marvelous light. Ah! And believe that the word of God shall not return void, but will accomplish that for which he sent it. He says, I promise salvation for you and your whole household. Talking to devils, I ain't never going to church. I ain't never going to click. And I'm, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> you know the good thing about God is his sheep hear his voice but you know what when his sheep go ah daddy hears when they called out to God daddy heard he said they call him the free he said Mike you know poof. Mike left and took care of some business whooped some devils up hallelujah and the people of Israel got free again 
just so we fair and balanced here. In the previous chapter, it was Deborah that rose up at the word of the Lord and went to war. A woman. Oh, I don't know if women should lead. <laughs> you know, you know. If Jay, if God can't find a man, he'll find a woman. As a matter of fact, I think since the Garden of Eden, God has kind of preferred to call on a woman to whoop up on the devil just to remind him that she is going to bruise you. She's going to bust you up, buddy. Do you hear me? The seed of that woman is going to slap the snot out of you. So every now and then, God raises up a woman to do some work for him. I'm just, hey, fair and balanced. Praise God. <laughs> hey! Now look, I want you to know this, that God wants to empower you tonight. But you got to be in for it. You got to want to get on the team. Gideon wasn't like, well, you know what, God, go bother somebody else. I'm just going to stay out in the threshing floor. Gideon went through a process of getting out of the threshing. He came out and he says, okay, God, if you want me to do this, you know, show me the money. He said, give me the vision. Show me what needs to be done. And God gave Gideon a strategy. Oh, what the heck is that? A plan for you to get out of your cave. Not only you, but everybody look like you. Oh, yeah. And some people that you don't know. That God is raising you up to get somebody out of the cave that they're in. Oh, oh snap. He's making you a conqueror. Not only you conquer your enemy, you're more than a conqueror. You can do some work for somebody else. Okay? Set some other people free. Like that little brother or little sister of yours. Oh, oh, I didn't say that. You know, that maybe that mom or that dad. You know, if people are broken, it's because the enemy has been in their lives massaging them. And if, and if you want your stuff back, if you want mom back, if you want daddy back, you better get on your knees and start interceding and praying. You want your kids back? You better go around them. You better, better yet, you better go over them, go talk to the man and let him slap them people. Hallelujah. You know, instead of trying to, instead of cursing your, your neighbor who's been stealing your stuff and talking about him, what about what happens if he gets saved? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. It's a whole different ball game. Things change. What about if the mayor gets saved? What about if the governor gets saved and then becomes president? Well, didn't they have a mayor? What was her, what's her name? Palin? Did she, Palin? Didn't when she consult? From Wasilla? Nobody ever heard of Wasilla before, but somebody was praying somewhere. You know what I'm saying? There's no telling. One of our kids up there running around against the wall, and, 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 and Mikey's trying to catch them right now to get them to settle down in their seat. Who knows where they're going if, if we have a praying church and we start praying for them and, and, and see what happens. Oh, my goodness. What is going to happen when God changes us? He's going to change everything. He's going to change this state. This is a different kind of church. We are a different kind of people. We actually believe what God said. We actually believe that he gives us 
power to overcome all the power of the wicked one. We actually believe that we'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We actually believe that we can cast out demons in his name. <laughs> and I know about casting out demons. I was one. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. And if he saved me, he can save anybody. If he helped me keep my marriage for 30 years, nobody in my family has been married, I don't think, more than three years. But God in me, he turned it around. He changed me. And it changed everything. Let me close. With this, potential. Everybody say potential. What happens to little old you if you start believing God? What happens if despite what the Midianites are doing and the Amalekites and all the ites are doing, there is a people, a remnant, who starts calling on the name of the Lord and start obeying that call and come on out. He says, sing that song. I'm coming out. <laughs> Woo! You might be in a hole, but you need to start prophesying to yourself. You need to tell self, I'm coming out. Whoa. Woo! Did you feel that? That's powerful when you start talking to yourself. But you got to remember, you shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Everyone overcome. No man left behind. It's not just you getting up. We all getting up. And that creates a dynamic called unity. And where there is unity, God commands the blessing. God will empower you to get up if you will come out of your cave. Is there anybody out here tonight that's making up their mind? Don't raise your hand to come out of your cave. I'm going to tell you where it starts is you got to lay down your life. You got to let it go. You got to let your way go. You can't do it your way. If you're coming out, you got to come out God's way. You got to put God first in your life. You got to let Him direct you. You got to let you got to get a strategy that till this day has not worked. You doing your thing your way ain't ever gonna work. You got to do things God's way. You got to get God's strategy, and then there's gonna be some freedom. You're gonna get free, and you're gonna set the people around you free. Prisoners don't set people free. Free people set people free. What does your cave look like? Is it, well, I'm, um, I'm never going to, whatever you're never going to do that God wants you to do. Maybe, you, maybe you're 19 or 20 years old, you know, I'm never going to have kids. Ah, yeah. 
I'm never going to get married again. Is that what God's will is for your life? There's a lot of people, man, that are being used by God that have the gift of celibacy. Okay. I knew from a young age I didn't have it. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, uh, you know, you can't be something you ain't, okay, all right, so, but it, it's good if you got that gift, but if you don't, you got to start saying, you can't be looking at yourself, right, going, well, you know, I don't think anybody will ever, you know, skip that, there's somebody for everybody, you just got to be the right somebody, and that's what you got to do is get yourself in the right position, to get, that's just an example. Your cave might be, I'm, I'm never going to college because I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. What if God says, I want you to go and fill out an application for college? Will you do it? You know, I never applied for a house because I never thought that I ever had good enough credit to apply for a house. And so I didn't do it because I knew I owed people money. I owed people tons of money, okay? And I knew my credit was bad without me even checking my credit. But watch this now. I, I kept going to church and God kept impressing on me that don't you believe me? Don't you trust me? And he says, man, if you go down, this God spoke to me. He said, if you go down and fill out the application, I'll do the rest. What about that? I went deal. And I had no money, and I was in debt up to my eyebrows. I go down and fill out the application. Look what happened. The, the lady comes back and says, you know what? You can't get an amount approved unless you do this, 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 and this. Now I got a list of stuff that I got to do to get a house. That never dawned on me that somebody would give me a strategy for getting a house. I, th I just thought it was impossible. <laughs> I go, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Now watch this. Now it didn't take as long as I thought it was going to take because God came and helped me. I filled out that application and, and, and six months later I was buying a house. You know, I'm like, that's bad. God, you're bad. I mean, you're bad to the bone. You might be sitting there thinking you will never do anything or you can't do anything except for getting a strategy for God. And you haven't got a strategy from God yet, and so therefore you could never have the possibility of getting what you say you can't have. But you can get it. With God, all things. Hey. Hey, you know what? I got a KSM application here because there's some people that say they could never preach can never do a whole bunch of stuff. Can never afford to go to KSM. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about if you fill out the application and then let God do the rest? Okay. Damn, that's my KSM. Because some of us need help. I know people say, I'm going to go to Bible school. I'm not going to serve God until I go to Bible school. And they never go to Bible school, and therefore they never serve God. Okay. Excuse is gone. There's a way to work it out. Okay. Let me tell y'all something. I want to pray for some people tonight. But before I do, you can't do this without God. So if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't recognize that God is God and you need to be His and Him not yours, there's something that's wrong with you because you can only come to God the prescribed way, the way He says it. 
You have to humble yourself before him. He ain't got to humble himself. Oh, come on, be my servant, you know, so I can empower you. I can give you all the power. I can give you all the, all the, all the ability to get what you want, you know, and it, would you please accept me? As your, he can't do that, but that's exactly what he does. But you have to do that. You have to accept him, not the other way around. So if you're here tonight in, in, in full control of your faculties, and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want me to pray for you, simply raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to receive Jesus tonight. There's other people here you know you ain't living right. And I'm just saying, you're not letting God be Lord over your life. You out there doing everything else but following Jesus. You know you ain't living right. You've got compromise in your life. You want to make things right between you and God. You want to rededicate your life to God tonight. If that's you and you want me to pray for you, just raise your hand. I thank you for that hand. I thank you for that hand. That's right. Get it right with God. Anybody else want to get it right for God? In just a minute. You know, sometimes I get those hard altar calls. You got to answer the altar call that, that you want. If you know that in somehow in some way that you're in a cave, you in the den and God is calling you out, I want to pray for you. But first order of business is let's get things right with God. Would you stand with me tonight? I want everybody that wants to get right with God to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me of all of my sins. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you're here tonight, oh, my goodness. You've been chained. You've been enslaved. You can't get free. You don't have the joy of the Lord. You don't have peace. You got darkness in your life. You're living in some kind of cave, some kind of prison, some kind of idea in your mind that says you cannot move forward and you cannot get out. Listen to somebody who's been set free, who's been delivered, who's been healed. When you answer this altar call, you're not coming to me. Even though God works through men, you're still coming to God. If you're in any way held captive, I want you to make your way out of your seats. I want you to come stand on these altars. Before I pray for these people up here,
Just talk to God for a minute before you leave this place. Please. Don't obey me. Obey him. He got something for you tonight. If you'll receive it. Whoa. Father, I thank you, Lord. For King's Chapel, Lord. The members and the people in this congregation in this service tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they've heard your word tonight, God. And there's no power on earth that can hold them back. I pray that tonight, God, that they'll walk in the freedom, God. You created them to walk in, Lord. That they'll come out, come out, whoever they are. Set them free. Keep them free. May God richly bless you. Now I'm going to be praying up here for people. Pastor Karen is going to come and dismiss the service. And at any time, between here and your car, if you want, I will be here into the, to the rooster crows or something like that. Okay. Praise God. Stretch across the aisles as we close tonight. Good word, Pastor Vince. Thank you so much. Lord, I thank you so much for your people. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday. Praise the Lord.